Oof. Wasn't that funky shit? What is going on, people? It is Valentine's Day. It's a beautiful Thursday evening. You probably cuddled up, you booed up, or alone as fuck. Either way, it doesn't matter because you're here. You made it. You done made it. Hmm. Flying high as a kite. What is going on, people? This is the Justin Lynch LP. You know where you're at. How y'all doing today? I am blessed to have you listening to me right now. Just want to say thank you to all the people that have been listening. Uh, Long-time listeners, first-time listeners. God bless you. God bless your heart. God bless your ears. Um, I am unaccompanied today. This is a solo podcast. I wanted to reflect some of my thoughts on some things I got going on, um, some things I got coming up in the future, and I thought I'd drop that on you instead of focusing on another person. Um, I am elated, elated, big-ass SAT word right there, baby, um, of the things that I got coming up in the future. Uh, Been training hard as hell lately, about six days a week, day in, day out, uh, about two months in, and it feels great. Uh, I haven't been drawing it all lately. I know I talk about that a lot about not drawing. Um, I feel like I, I have to mention that mainly for myself rather than anybody else. Um, but boy, has training been awesome. I, I don't feel as though my creativity is going down the drain or anything like that. In fact, usually when I'm in the gym, I'm listening to audiobooks. So lately I've been reading this book, well, listening to this book called Sapien. Um, and it's had me do so much reflecting on the society that we live in right now and the climate of our social economics and our culture that is constantly and ever forever will be shifting. Um, man, it's crazy how 35,000 years ago, sapiens really hit the scene, homo sapiens, that's us. If uh, anybody didn't know, I the book has a lot of things that are common sense. It's just there's a lot of distractions nowadays, I guess we could call them. There's a lot of things that aren't scientifically related or things that directly would affect or ob- objectively affect your life. So... We got a lot of things like gossip and celebrity gossip and he said, she said, stuff like that. But the book goes into a lot of objective things. And to touch on the he said, she said stuff uh, briefly, it's funny because the book says that as humans, the reason why we've done so well and the reason why we have made it this far and we have this tribe mentality of we all have to, in a sense, raise each other and keep each other in check is because of gossip. And one thing that I, it's not that I hate, it's just that I, I think it, it could, it's potentially a waste of time 
And that's gossip. That's talking about people that you've never met or that have no, obviously no idea who you are and may potentially never know who you are. And to me, that sounds like a royal waste of time. But it's funny that this book would insinuate that it's actually a driving force that keeps us on top and and uh, keeps us as an elite society, I guess we'll say. And the reason for that is is it's the gossip is displaying who's uh, this is kind of extreme, but I guess like a murderer, who's a fucking rapist, who's you know who's the Harvey Weinstein and who's the Louis C.K. and uh, you know who's Trump grabbing by the pussy. You know these are the things that. I maybe subconsciously are the things that are keeping things together. I don't, you know, I guess I'm, I'm pulling for strings here because I'm no fucking scientist, but I do understand in a smaller community how that would matter. You know, in your neighborhood, it's important to know who's kind of a weird guy, you know, tell your kids to maybe stay away from that person. And it's also important to know who you can trust. Um, the key differences between us and Homo Neanderthal or Neanderthal or however they, I I guess I'm not saying it like a scientist, but whatever, fuck off. Um, is that we constantly are talking within a community. So even though Neanderthals were a lot stronger than us physically, they, their bodies focused on hypertrophy. They had bigger intestines. They had smaller brains, much better suited for the environment that we live in. However, we, are obviously the ones that ended up living and they did not. And the reason for that is our complex language and the fact that we we raise and we uh, cultivate our people, the, the citizens of our tribes, as a tribe itself. Um, and that even goes as far as to gossiping behind people's back and stuff like that. Every All of this weighs into the fact that we are social creatures and that's always given us the leg up. We work smarter, not harder. Um, this, that, and the fourth. Now, the thing that is evolutional, ev- evolutionally putting us light years ahead of other species, in my opinion, is also the thing that's holding us back in the future when it comes to technology and making things more convenient. The humans before us, you know, will say, whatever, whenever things were being heavily invented, refrigerators, airplanes, um, you know, just everything that we use nowadays that make our lives with ease, even, you know, electricity or plumbing or water, all of these things were revolutionary inventions that when they hit the scene, it was, it was fucking mind blowing. Like it was some next level shit that's going to change society and make it comfortable for everybody. You know, it was, it was next level stuff. The thing that we're doing nowadays is we're making it more convenient. We're not really coming up with some super next level thing. It's just, How can we take this thing that's already been invented, such as the refrigerator, and make it even more convenient and more suited to this sediment, sedentary, I don't think that's the right word, but, you know, this docile life that a lot of uh, millennials or whatever, just people nowadays are taking. 
Nobody wants to take the hard route. Nobody wants to put in the time and the effort to get things done. And that's why there's little output, which is creating, or there's little input, which is creating even less output. Output as a, in general, is at like an all-time low, in my opinion. Whether it comes to inventions or it comes to some abstract thinking. Notice how the people that are driving are, are the driving force that we see on the news and stuff are not coming up with any profound thoughts. And I understand that's also because there's agendas being pushed. So don't get me wrong. It's not that I'm naive in the fact that they're putting certain people on a platform or I don't want to say they, because that sounds like some really tinfoil conspiracy theory bullshit. You know, I'm not saying like it's Illuminati, but whoever's owning these media companies are putting these people in on the platform for a reason. But my point is that even these people that do have a platform aren't taking like a Chris Jericho, not Chris Jericho. Who was it? Um, fuck. There was a wrestler that was on WWE long story short in midway through of, a about, or one of the skits, he literally just broke down and broke the fourth wall and said, this is all bullshit. The company's bullshit. This, this, and that you, we, we don't see that happening almost rarely ever. And I also understand because people have kids to feed, people have things to do, but there's no ridiculously profound thoughts. There's no, um, next level thinking that's being done in order to propel us forward. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's such a, imperative imperative thing to drive forward we've discovered most if not all of the of the landmass on earth and before that was the thing that was creating this next generation of thought we come up on a new place we have to adapt to it we have to learn you know how to overcome it and how do we how do we become comfortable in that landmass? And that's how this new form of thought was to be developed. So how are we, how in this world that we know we're, we, we've discovered most of it. I put that in air quotes and I, I say it sarcastically because there's still so much we don't fucking understand. So we need to search internally in order to get everybody on the same page for one and for two to start saying and thinking profound thoughts that are going to propel us into the next whatever the fuck it is whether it be inventing or whether it be just a new age of thought like the 60s or something where everybody's on some sort of you know they were on like peace and love and if that's something that we need you know, by all means. And I, this could be a very critical thought. And I'm sure it could be argued that, especially through music nowadays, which is such a, uh, there's just, you know, t an oversaturation of artists and stuff like that, which is great. This is what I've been hoping for for a long time now. You know, it hi highly resembles like a, a Roman society where there's artists, tons of artists, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And People are widely accepted, but that's just a, that's just a, a tangent. 
comfortability is the second point that I'm trying to get around to. And comfortability is a man-made, created thought or concept. Comfort does not exist. Comfort is something that we tell our... It's kind of like... It's kind of like the anti-boogeyman, you know? There's the boogeyman under your bed and your parents give you... I don't fucking know, a warm glass of milk. They give you a little teddy bear. They give you something so that the boogeyman is gone and it doesn't exist and it, and it has no bearing or nothing like that on you. And that's comfortability. Because the truth is chaos is forever present. There's chaos theories in science that state that the universe is acting on random events and that can't be proved or disproved. So how do we know that this really is not all just random events and something terrible might happen? Um, we crave this comfortability because for one, it's consistent. Everybody, you know, most people I would say appreciate consistency because they know how to react to it. It's statistically easy. You know, you can prepare yourself for it's convenient. That's the, that's the bottom line. Comfortability is convenient. And that's another driving factor in my opinion that is inhibiting us is thinking that comfortability is entitled and i don't i don't want to say any particular generation is entitled because then it sounds like the millennial argument where it's like oh you know these guys are fucking entitled they think they deserve the whole world this is that and the third um i don't think that at all i don't think that we're an entitled generation i think we're in a generation that is plagued by fucking divorced parents i think we're plagued by student loans i think we're plagued by people pressuring you to go to college for one um i appreciate my degree and i i'm glad that i definitely went to college um it taught me a whole lot a lot of even about philosophy and stuff like that it definitely sparked my interest in just things like this but my point is is that when you get comfortable that's when you start getting complacent and you think it's like a guaranteed thing. That's the problem. Our forefathers, people before us had to work their fucking dick and balls off to get to the point where we could have such comfortable means. Kings, kings back in the day, they could not even have a full-time band marching behind them at all times. There's no king in the history of kings that have ever have had a, a marching band at all time. Maybe there is, and it's just not documented in history. But in any history book that I've read, there's never been a king that said, I want a marching band behind me at all times. You can buy a speaker. It's like a JBL speaker for like 20 bucks. And you can have music playing behind you at all times of the day. So long as you're charging it, you know, so long as you're keeping it charged. And that's something that kings, the the top of the fucking food chain, they didn't even have this. And now we have it now. Can you fucking imagine that? Can you? And And I'm talking about I'm not some wealthy fucking guy. And I know people that have speakers that are not wealthy people either. You know, they're fucking getting Wi-Fi off the subway uh, at a park 
because the subway's below them, so they're getting Wi-Fi above ground, and they still have a fucking radio playing. You get what I'm saying? The point is, is that we're comfortable, and comfort is not an existent thing. It's a, it's something that we've created, and just keep just something to keep in mind. You know, fruit for thought, myself included. This, you know, a lot of the things that I'm saying right now are just direct direct reflections of what I'm thinking. Um, I say this all the time. If if I get mad at somebody for being lazy or if I think someone isn't trying hard enough, nine out of ten times, I'm just self-reflecting onto them in a sense that I never want to do that. I never want to be like that. Or I've been there before and I've made steps and I've t- taken changes. Ch- I've taken steps and I've made changes in order to ensure that I never regressed back there. And so it's that fear, it's that fear of regression, regression that all of a sudden I'm going to start being lazy again or not going to the gym or not eating well or not doing this podcast, you know. That's that's at the end of the day and I think this this goes for a lot of people um the hate that you feel towards lazy people or people that aren't taking care of themselves. You know, you have a loved one that smokes cigarettes and you really, you know, you really just want them to stop. And in your head, in some ways, it's the reason why it's pissing you off so bad could potentially be because you want to smoke cigarettes too. Or that you're taking care of yourself, not that in in a jealous manner, but in a sense that you never want to get weak and make the decisions that they're making. You know, you got you to gotta take care of yourself. If you don't have means, you've got, you've got to figure it out. You got to figure out the means in order to get there. And you can't cut corners and you can't always be searching for somebody else to help you out. You know, you can't play the victim. There's, there's victims and there's survivors. It's simple as that. Is as bad as that sounds, there are victims and there are survivors. And it, it, that's not to discredit anything that anybody goes through. Because there's, there's people that have gone through the Holocaust. And they'll say that is the most influential, you know, or even just whatever, something equivalent, even I don't know how anything could equivalent to the Holocaust. But somebody, people will go through terrible things. And they will say that is the most, the best thing that has ever happened to them ever. Because it made them infinitely stronger. And that's what I mean by survivors and victims. You either let your your experience victimize you. So you blame or you get complacent. Or you overcome it. And you have the choice. Only you. That's it. Nobody else. Not a single other person can get up in your vessel and get moving. There's there's nothing, you know? I was just watching, you know, this will be the second time I brought up wrestling. But I'm talking, I was watching Eddie Guerrero in the ring. And... Don't worry, it doesn't have much to do with wrestling. The point is that he fainted 
or he had like a, a heart palpitation mid-match. And maybe maybe it was fake. Don't get me wrong. Maybe it was fake. But he did die like a month or two later from a heart attack. So it leads me to believe that it was real. The point of me bringing this up is in the ring, the referee was saying his name. You know, he was like, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And then he was saying his name. He was like, it's me, Justin. Are, are you there, Eddie? You know what I mean? And he wasn't saying this dramatic. He was saying it very seriously. And you could tell Eddie was not there. You know what I mean? His conscious was not there. It was in another place. Maybe, maybe he was there and he couldn't answer. But my point is that this is a vessel. Your body is literally a vessel. It is something that is carrying your soul to and from. And even if there's an entire stadium with 20,000 people all saying your name, telling you to get up, there's, a, there's literally another human force that is do, giving you all of their attention and all of their energy, trying to get you to come back into consciousness, you know, putting oxygen on you, stuff like that. Literally, we're doing everything medically that we could even fathom, and he still couldn't return and I'm not saying that was a mental thing I'm not saying like he didn't try my point is is that only he had the power to come back at the end of the day not saying it was his choice I'm just saying it's crazy how much individual power we have and how little other people can affect it at the end of the day There was nothing that anybody could say and there was nothing that anybody could do to make Eddie all of a sudden come back to life. It was just between him and in my opinion, God, but you know, whatever the fuck you believe in it, I'm not, whatever, you know, I'm not mad at that. Um, And I fainted too. I, I got a history of fainting too, but God bless. I've always come right back. You know what I mean? It's been like a faint come fucking back, but you know, at the time you hear all these voices, but in reality, everybody could say anything, you know, they could say, I just had, I just got a $3 million, but it doesn't matter because my mind just hit fucking restart computer and I'm getting the blue screen of death. You know, there's nothing you could do. You got to wait for your updates. You know, it's windows 10 and you're waiting for your fucking updates. Um, but yeah, um, I told myself, I tell, tell a little story. Um, what's a good one? I want to, I want to talk about the 9015 house. Cause that was definitely a big influential house for me and a lot of the people that I grew up with. So I had this, I had two friends and they're going to, we're going to keep out the names for now, maybe later in life uh, when I tell the story again, cause you know, I'm sure I'll tell it again on the, ca- on the podcast, but I have two friends and they decided that they would trip shrooms at my house and for the same point, I always had a vacant house that was like kind of not what I was known for, but I had divorced parents and I had a three bedroom house to myself senior year. I've talked about this, uh, multiple times. So I apologize if anybody has heard this, um, before. 
So this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, you know, I'm trying to have a little get together. I'll bring all the drinks. It's basically everybody, people that you know. And, you know, it's just going to be kind of a laid back night. And it was, it was, it was a great night. We all, he brought up a bunch of drinks and a bunch of people that I knew. And, you know, it was a good deal. But the thing is that people, some of my friends, close friends had also tripped magic mushrooms. And it wasn't just a, a little remote amount. It was, it was a solid amount, you know, it was you know, upwards to four or five grams. And if anybody has tripped magic mushrooms before, you'll know that an eighth is probably the golden number. It's 3.5 and it's pretty much what you need to get you feeling pretty goofy. So these guys were, were tripping balls, uh, to say the least. And the party was going on and it starts to set in. And of course you're either, you're either having a great time or you need your space. So it was the point where they needed to have their space and they both found themselves in my mother's bed, you know, just chilling. Nothing weird, nothing like out of the ordinary. They're both just chilling there. Uh, Nothing crazy is happening, but they decided that they would go into the same room where I kept two cats because I had two cats that stayed with me even though there was you know no parental units or anything like that but um and I I would always put a sign on the door that says you know mean cats stay out and of course people still find their way in there and uh the cats were under the bed because there's a party going on and they're fucking cats and they tell me that all later like literally the entire night for like three hours these cats meowed and I can imagine the torture, the Chinese water droplet torture effect that being on a hallucinogen like that and hearing that cat meow for three hours would have on a human. And one of them even ended up pissing their pants that, I don't know if they lost fucking control of whatever, but you know, it, it, it was, it was some serious shit and you know, they cleaned it up. I don't think I ever told my, told my ma. Um, so, uh, she frequently listens. So yo ma, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that, uh, my friend did that. And, uh, you know, we live and we learn, um, but that is this and this is that uh it's been real it's been nice i'm gonna cut this one um if anybody has any questions as always please reach out to me in the dms um let me know if there's anybody that you would want to hear any topics you'd like me to talk about in particular any feedback is greatly appreciated um the people the two dudes they're more than fine nowadays they're actually doing really really well for themselves So not to say drugs are great, but you know, you do things and you learn. It's simple as that. You live and you learn. And that's that. That's the bottom line. And thanks for listening.